Welcome to movies.edu.gov. This episode covers the 2020 movie Underwater with Shaken Bacon. Hi, welcome to movies.edu.gov. I'm Dr. Fuzz, um, and today I'm going to be talking about the movie Underwater with uh, Shake and Bakey. Hi, Shake and Bakey. Well, hello there, Dr. Fuzz. What's going on? Not much. I'm I'm excited for this episode because uh, we kind of talked about the movie a little bit before, right? And it's already we have some different views on it. So yeah, yeah we can't wait to get into that. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. I think also I was like, wow, Shake really hates this movie, but it was like. We, we were talking about it when you were, like, 13 hours into a Donkey Kong stream yeah. and, the, and the game stopped working, so you were just in... Conversations <laughs> were just kind of going on, and I was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, like, losing my mind, and people yeah. were just talking to me, so apologies but, if I said anything to anyone. But, the, like, kudos to you, man, that, like, more than $700 donated to Bernie? That's awesome. Yeah, kudos to everybody who showed up and supported and donated. Uh, I learned maybe my methods weren't exactly appropriate, but, you know, it happened, <laughs> and we're going to move on from that. And, uh, yeah, it was for a good cause, uh, for a good cause everybody seemed very passionate about. So, uh, uh, yeah, thank you for being on the Discord. I mean... You, Rich, and everybody in the Discord towards the end of it really made the frustrating moments so much more tolerable. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. It, it was really fun. Do you have any plans for, like, another game series, another Nintendo game series to fundraise off of? Yeah, you know, future? I honestly want to do this at least once a month um, for, uh-huh. various, yeah, for various, like, causes and stuff. Like, I've never been super involved in a lot of charities, so I kind of want to... I've seen, like, a lot... I know Extra Life is one that a lot of people do on Twitch that I kind of want to look into, and you can usually choose whatever your money goes towards. Because now that I'm, I'm not really relying too much on, like, any sort of donations and stuff to be like, I gotta pay rent and eat and stuff like that. So... Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I want to at least kind of make these big events. So I'll probably not do Donkey Kong for a while, but it'll be, <laughs> it'll be another game series that'll take all day. Yeah, those games are especially... I did not remember them being as frustrating as yeah. uh, they were. They're, like, incredibly, like, weirdly, sadistically hard. Yeah, I've, I've only really played the more modern ones, like Donkey Kong Country Returns and Tropical Freeze, which are a little more forgiving, like, physics-wise. Like, it, the the hitboxes and everything for the originals, I am not used to. I never really played them growing up or mm-hmm. when I was younger. So I, that was, like, the first time I really dove into those games, so they fucking kicked my ass. Yeah, and, like, I... I remember playing them as a kid, but I only remember, like, playing a level or two here. I never, yep. like, beat the game as a kid, you yep. know? Same. Like, uh, that was the first time I'd ever beaten Donkey Kong Country 1, ever. Yeah, I mean, really, really unforgiving. But do, what <laughs> what get, what uh, series do you have, like, planned next? Maybe Mario or, like, Bomberman? Something? Yeah, um, uh, Rocco is interested, and I'm definitely... Me and him were talking last night, and we're, we were playing Mario 64. We're going to do, like, a sort of, uh, like, speed race run to see who can do the 120 stars the fastest. Oh, that's great. He will most likely do it because he devotes more speedrunning time to that game. I've never devoted any time to that. I just play sort of casually. But his proposal was like, if I beat him, I get $20. But if he beats me, he doesn't. I don't have to do anything. Oh, well, that's great. I mean, yeah, Rocco probably knows all the, like, glitching through the wall stuff. Oh, yeah. And, and I'm wow, unfamiliar with yeah. them at all. I, I, have no, I did some last night. We were on Discord talking, and I was doing some, like, for the first time ever. But he's still going to win, probably. Yeah. Well, um, I have a couple movie questions for you, Shake. Yes, okay. I'm going to run a movie audit on you. Oh, no. Um, it kind of has to do with uh, the movie today, kind of themed on that. So okay. let's just start off with the most general. What's your favorite horror movie, uh, general, generally? General favorite horror movie. That's a good question. I love horror movies, so I, I like to try, I try to watch a lot of them. Mm-hmm. I think uh, it might be like sort of a boring answer. But I do think Alien is probably my favorite. Oh, that's a that's a great one. Yeah, yeah Alien is so good. I I think I prefer Aliens, which some people kind of give me uh, uh, like you know crap for. Uh, but because you know it's the the first movie was so excellent. But I I mean I love horror games and movies, and Alien is just like fucking nails everything about that. Yeah. What's your What's your favorite horror video game? 
Ooh, uh, you know, honestly, in the same vein, and I was just about to bring it up for that same reason, is Dead Space. I don't know if you're familiar mm, with that game. Yes, this movie is like Dead yes. Space. Yes, in a lot of and ways. honestly, that's the those are the best parts about this movie. And I was like, okay, like I love, you know, the you're this you know engineer guy, and everything just goes to shit, and these necromorphs are just fucking with you throughout the whole game. It is. And honestly, Dead Space and Dead Space 2 follow almost the exact same things as Alien and Aliens, where it's like, well, yeah, we've, we've yeah. seen the Xenomorph, so Dead Space 2 was more action-y, but it was still like super great, just like Aliens. Mm-hmm. I, and I agree. And this movie is like, it, it is so video gamey, where it has like checkpoints, it has, uh, it just goes like right into the action. It really was like, it made me just want to replay Dead Space, honestly, yes, after yes. I watched this. Yeah. Um uh, so that's a yeah, Alien is perfect, and I mean, there's so many simul- similarities with like Alien and Aliens and this kind of like. Uh, we'll not get into that later. To, yeah, we'll get but, into it. Not enough for me. Yeah, not enough to where it's like interesting. We're just kind of uh, okay. Well, yeah, we'll get into that later. <laughs> yeah, Let me yeah. get to my next question. Um, what's your favorite? Like, oh, I mean, I guess it would be Alien again if I said, "What's your favorite survival horror movie?" Yeah, I mean, I. There's there's a lot of good ones. Like I love cheesy horror movies too. Like I, you know, it's it's hard to define what's like some of the '80s ones, like slashers versus survival horrors. Yeah, but yeah. There, I mean, there's like a ton of like really great ones. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it's funny because yeah, Alien is probably just gonna fit that mold because that's exactly what it is. Right. Exactly. And and we will get into uh, the pros and cons of the alienness of this movie. Yes. Uh, yeah, what they do right and everything. Um, what's your favorite Kristen Stewart movie? Do you have one? Oh, interesting. You know, like, uh, same with, like, Robert Pattinson. I haven't watched too much of them. I know they're, like, the Twilight alums. Yeah, uh, So yeah. It, it, I, I think, I guess... Um, I'm trying to think of like movies I've seen her in, and I guess the only one that really jumps to mind that I remember kind of liking, but I feel like if I rewatched it, I'd fucking hate it now. Is like Adventureland. Oh yeah, agreed. Yeah. That uh, I saw that at probably the best time to see it. As, yeah, like, a teen- teenage boy age, you know. Right, where it was like funny. There was like a lot of movies back then. Like there was, it was like what was it? Uh, the way way back is very similar in that regard, where it's just like teen guy kind of goes to this new place and he's he meets these new friends and like gains confidence along the way and gets a girl maybe and like that yeah right like it's like oh that's like me i can put myself in that position (laughs) i can be jesse eisenberg and get Kristen stewart one day and that's the funniest part is the uh, like jesse eisenberg being cast in those because he's so like not care him and uh wasn't he with Kristen stewart in that uh american ultra movie they were together oh my god yeah they yeah 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 they did team up for that which i've barely seen is that but josh I, trank i maybe i think it was fucking written by max land that's so what I, it was I, I, yeah i get i get them confused those loser guys yeah the conical losers <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah um uh that's really i i was trying to think of a Kristen stewart movie without looking up one and yeah. uh one i like is still alice okay um, i've heard good things about that one it's good but i don't think Kristen stewart's good in it but i that may be like one of my favorite movies i think like julianne moore does a really good job of like portraying someone who's like going through getting like early alzheimer's and oh. it's like really sad damn but it's a, it's a kind of a little like lifetime movie movie you know right it's kind of like steel magnolias or something like that yeah where it's just like okay uh, it's it, this seems cheesy but then her performance uh julianne moore's performance is just like really great in that okay uh, but yeah so um this this movie's directed by this guy william eubank you heard I, of this guy? I had never heard of him until you brought him up for this podcast i had never yes. heard of him he got his start working with uh tom delong of uh blink 182 yeah okay really so Tom DeLong wanted to make a movie, um, and he uh, he he was in Angels and Airwaves, and this was a okay. uh, full-on alien believer Tom DeLong phase, you know, right? Uh, where he he's like I Angel I always thought Angels and Airwaves was a Christian band, but then it turns out like they they were singing about God, but God is an alien, like <laughs> so uh, he wanted to make this movie. It's called Love. Um, and it's a it's a it it's an interesting movie. A uh, great soundtrack because it's done by Angels and Airwaves, okay, and yeah. you know they they can make some good music. But uh, it's too much like a 
I don't know. It's like a weird ripoff of 2001 Space Odyssey. So I tried to watch this movie after you yes. had brought up William Eubank for Underwater. And mm-hmm. I got I to gotta say I had – I couldn't be bothered it's, to pay attention to it. It's fairly boring. Yeah. It is fairly boring. Yeah. Um, really, it, it, I just like would come in when like the music came back on because like – that was like the highlight was just like the score that they made. Yeah, that's probably um, the only part that I was like, I would look up and be like, oh, this is kind of nice. And then I'd be yeah, like, yeah, just a strange movie. Uh, and speaking of, I mean, you got the better one in my opinion because you came out with another movie. Um, Love was in, let's see, uh, 2011. And then The Signal comes out in 2014. Okay, so a pretty three year gap. Yeah. Um,. And the signal is god awful. Oh it's, boy! It's one of those things where it, when it started out, I was like stoked. I was like, "This is an interesting premise. It's kind of horror sci-fi, which yeah. is neat. I like that genre. It's like kind of cool uh, costumes and stuff." And by the end, it like veers off into such a weird thing. Like the main character gets robot legs and becomes a superhero who can run like the Flash. Oh, what the hell? Okay. And like, I, I mean, spoiler alert, but in the end, he just like runs so fast that he like breaks through reality, and it just doesn't make speed force. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Hmm. It's it's like terrible, like where it goes to, and it really felt like William Eubank was just trying to be like, uh. Hey, I can do a superhero movie if anyone uh, wants me to. I think like, I remember you tweeting that out. Yeah, yeah, like this guy has like superhero powers, and I can shoot that. So if uh, if you guys are making a Flash movie or so, you know, like right. Yeah, here's my resume. Pretty much. But yeah, the signal uh, awful, and it's got a good cat. It has like Lawrence Fishburne. Um, oh wow! Okay, I have never Lynn heard of that. Lynn Shay. Who do you know who Lynn Shay is? I have Shay? I don't know them. No, she's gonna come up along this podcast because she was also in The Grudge earlier this year. She's this old woman. She was in Night uh, Nightmare on Elm Street as like okay. the teacher. She's always she does like twenty movies a year. Oh, okay. So she okay. She, she's one of those types. Like uh, she just hammers it out. She's in. Uh, have you seen Insidious? I have seen. I think it's, you know what's funny is I think I saw Insidious Chapter Three. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, she's the old woman psychic. Okay, then, yeah, absolutely, I know who you're talking about. Yes, and uh, and she's good, she's still, like, she's super old and she still fucking delivers, which is, I, I love her that she can still be in 20 movies a year. Yeah, and, like, yeah, good for her. Just be super weird. In The Grudge, just recently, it was insane, like, her character is so weird and funny, I don't know. <laughs> it's always interesting to see her in something. Uh, but yeah, just signal... Bad, bad, bad. Uh, and he makes Underwater after that. And we don't see Underwater for years because of the Disney Fox merger. Right. So this was this movie was pushed back like, I don't, like what, two or three two years? Two or three or years, something? I think, yeah, when I yeah. looked it up, yeah. They showed um, And Strange, yeah, where it's like, uh, um, I don't know, it's interesting where it's like you wonder, like, were there any changes made? Like, obviously not, because they still have T.J. Miller in it. Uh, it yeah, it's funny, too, because the, one of the trailers before this movie was The New Mutants, which I'm like, I can't believe Disney just didn't yes. kill that. Right, yeah. And a lot of people are saying it, uh, that does look interesting, but the trailer made me think there's too much CGI. Yeah. The CGI looked really bad, and I was way more interested in the parts where it was just, like, some people in a room talking. Yeah, and then they're probably going to shoehorn too much of like the MCU tie-in or something. Oh, I hope not. Now that there's oh, Disney, I now hope. that Disney's there, they probably—that's exactly what they're probably doing. Who knows what's what the fuck is going on <laughs> with all that stuff? It's just, oh man. Um, but let's see. So we saw Underwater. This movie came out second week in January. Yes. It's a January movie. They're like, "What do we do with this? Release it in January." Fuck you! It's January from Red Letter it, Media. Exactly right. We get this is one of those runoff movies where they're like. Yeah, even though January is coming back, people are seeing it as more viable after Glass, like, did super well yeah. in January. Um, that's why, like, Bad Boys for Life kind of sweeped up on uh, the MLK Day weekend. It did really well, yeah. So, you know, there's going to be at least one big temple, temple movie uh, in the January, like, bracket, I guess. But, uh, Shake, uh, 
Just give me a general summary, like a general review of Underwater. General review, okay. So uh, it's just a tight 90-minute uh, kind of sci-fi. This is where it's kind of weird. It's it's sort of sci-fi, horror, thriller uh, set, you know, miles underneath the water in a space laboratory. Or space, sort of like space. <laughs> underwater laboratory. Like space, yeah. yeah, it really does. They do nail that kind of aspect to it. Underwater laboratory where um, unknown... Um, creatures are basically plaguing these researchers and causing them to uh, basically have to evacuate or survive. Yeah, and and you mentioned uh, tight. That's one of my pros for this movie. Is yes. I really enjoy that there is literally one scene and then you're immediately thrust into the action. I uh, That's where I don't. It's Kristen Stewart talking to a daddy long legs. Yeah. It and was then, interesting. And then all, and then Right then, uh, the fucking everything bursts, and she's already running away from water coming out of everything. That was a good sequence, I will say. That was a really good sequence of her just like running through the hall, like shit is just bursting. It's good. I think, uh, like, I I do like the ninety minute thing, but I I don't like that as like an excuse for like making it start so damn quick and not kind of like breathing a little. Because, like, mm-hmm. I, I was reminded of Crawl last year, which was, like, the kind of hidden one everybody was talking about. And I went and saw it and I was like, you know, I totally get that. Where it's 90 minutes, like, you're in and out, maybe barely 89. And there's, yeah. there's still a lot of setup so you can at least get to know. You just want to see some alligators attack people. Yeah, well, yeah, that, I mean, you're going to get that. But at least you're going to understand, like, who the fuck they're attacking, who they are, mm-hmm. what they mean to the story. And I feel like that's where this movie kind of didn't get anything of that right well shake how about this you can't breathe underwater so that's why there's no breathing you, you, okay this, this shit is tight well have and you seen the abyss you can just yes yeah yeah that is actually that a water really stuff. great just get that, yeah that's a great example um but uh yeah it's everything have you seen the descent too i love that movie that's a really good one that that this movie reminded me of that because it tries to do the same thing where they introduce the atmospheric horror before they introduce the monsters. Right. Which the atmosphere stuff works uh, way better than the monsters in this one, but it, it, both of those aspects are done way better in The Descent. I agree, and like uh, another thing too is it, it, like with the setting that I feel like it could have cleared up is with like. And you know what? Maybe fault me for not. I really did avoid like most trailers for this movie and kind of just mm-hmm. went in like I get the premise. I understand most of it. Let's just see it. And I was kind of like, is this uh, I, you know, for the longest time, I wasn't sure if this was like a creature flick or if this was just straight up people in an underwater laboratory surviving. And yeah. I feel like that weird kind of tone. It, it, it was like, is this the future? Is this this? I had like a lot of questions and that's like. Questions that, you know, you know, the Alien franchise and stuff kind of gets the benefit of the doubt of having hindsight. Like, yeah, there's other movies that kind of go into that more, like the, you know, the Weyland-Yutani Corporation and stuff like that. But I'm yes, like, they yeah. really just, they fly through this with, like, newspaper clippings, which just you forget about almost immediately. You're like, gay okay, That was something I really wanted in the movie was a thing of, like, when she gets to one of the outposts, she finds out that, like, they like people there already knew about the fucking monsters right they're actually maybe experimenting on them already like something like that like a a human evilness to it yeah there there is that human evilness because they're drilling a giant hole into the earth but i mean yeah that's what that's what i feel like was missing yes it's like predictable and trite at this point like yeah big evil corporation is doing bad things and trying to keep the workers in the like dark about it but, like, this movie's already not trying for originality that much. You might as well, like, if you're going to take a tried-and-true premise, you might as well, like, use what works with it instead of kind of, like, I get it. They were like, we're going to punch you with the action, like, immediately. Christian Stewart's going to run down this hallway. Which, first off, she was, like, banging on doors, and it seemed like she was trying to wake people up while things are just exploding. I'm like, like they're going to be awake. They're probably up. Yeah, yeah I was like, <laughs> I was like, why is she doing that? <laughs> Yeah, they probably can't even hear your knocks because, like, water is bursting through their 
ceiling. Yeah, I, I, uh, it's just like interesting. Which also, like, I took notes in this movie. I was a good filmer. Which honestly, no. there was a there were a lot of people in the theater um, for this showing. I was kind of same, surprised. Yeah, yeah, same with me. Even though we'll talk about the box office a little bit later, this underperformed, but. I felt like I had a decent sized audience that was enjoying it. See, mine was mine was not and like none of the like kind of humorous parts which TJ Miller I guess does the most of the heavy lifting. No, none yes. of it connected with anybody in my theater. Oh, it, people love the TJ oh, Miller. Really? They kind of they kind of got tired like cuz they hang on him for the comedy a lot. So it does get a little like repetitive uh near like the middle. Um but yeah, he, yeah, people were busting up at TJ Miller. Wow. And screening. he gets the and distinction in the opening credits, too. Yes, yeah. Um, <laughs> I was like, ooh. Yeah, so uh, so everything's bursting around Kristen Stewart. Um, she, uh, she meets up with someone else. She's only able to save one other person. And then uh, they're going through the wreckage, and they find TJ Miller, and they resurrect him. And uh, T.J. Miller is the classic stock comedy character of these things. Uh, he's even he even has like a tiny like a teddy bear thing. He has like a little bunny. Makes, it's like a little bunny. Yeah, yeah, it was a bunny that he. It's like a through line. He's like protect it. Like he gave it, he gives it to one of the other women who have to go do something, and he's like you know protect it, make sure it gets out. And it's like this weird through line where they're like trying to keep hold on to innocence or something. Maybe I'm not sure what that all. Yeah, means. and I, I feel like that is such a. It reminded me of Suicide Squad that uh, oh, oh, really? Captain Captain Boomerang had a like little pink unicorn that like he carried around in like two scenes that wow, he was like so don't random. fuck with my unicorn. Yeah, exactly. It's that weird, like, random... This tough guy has a freaking... A fuzzy bunny unicorn? What? (laughs) Yeah. So, um, they go meet up. They find their captain, who's Vincent Castle. Vincent Castle is awesome. I think he's pretty good in this as, like, the captain. Yeah. But, you know, it's... You're right, I would have loved some more, like, development with him. You kind of find out there's some issues with him and his daughter, who's passed away. Um, yeah, but, it kind of works a little because it seems like he sort of adopted Kristen Stewart's character as a sort of daughter. So, because he definitely seemed throughout the movie like he was trying to protect her the most and be like, you know, you gotta make it out. Yeah, and that he like sees something in her. Yeah, so I, I worked that that angle works. I f- I feel like pretty well. I feel like him and her have the most chemistry out of anybody in the cast, and then everyone else is just. Yeah, and yeah. then there's there's uh, the guy from Ten Cloverfield Lane. Uh, oh shit, that was I forget him. his name. Yeah, uh, I forget his name. I'm sorry, it's not coming up right now. Yeah. But uh, he kind of plays almost the same character. He's just like the normal guy, and he's dating the like younger female intern who is also there, who plays the like person who's freaking out. Uh, too much, you know. Oh yeah, she's she's like asking everybody these questions while they're trying to get shit done, and it's just like, what, yeah, what are you she's, doing? She's oh, you know, I I kind of oh, you have uh, a dog? like, yeah, I kind of like someone trying to like change the subject and talk about something. Like there is going to be that person who just like cannot handle yeah. this situation, especially that like it that is a frightening situation. It's a um. Because they find out they have to suit up, and they're like everything's busted, so they have to like uh, go through like this. Like it is like a video game where they have fucking checkpoints. Right. So it's like we need to make it to this station, and then we'll walk to over here. And it's like, and what about this station? And it's like, no, that station's been shut down. And oh, we're at that station later, and it's weird. Uh, but it could have been weirder at that one. That's what I was upset about. I think there should there should have been a survivor at that station who like right. This is freaked out. This is where I thought it was going to be. This is the conspiracy, right? Because the captain is the one who's like, no, that station shut down. They Christmas Stewart eventually gets to that station, and it seems fine. Like it seems it's like it's fully operational. Yeah, like there's nothing wrong with it. Maybe it's older, maybe out out of service or whatever. But like he hinted, he made it seem like we can't go there, and like yeah. she makes it there, and I'm like, well, it's fine. Like what was the point of not going there? I would have loved if she got there and there's like that guy from Dead Space who is like worshiping the monsters Ooh, as gods. Yeah, like like almost like Doom too. Like there's always is, yeah, is yeah. very Doom esque too where he's like, you know, we need to summon the devil or we need to summon like these fucking creatures and we need to worship them. Like some sort of crazy conspiracy guy for sure would have helped. Mm hmm. Um, or even so one they of them betrayed. S- 
They suit up and shake. I gotta say, I love these suits. They're cool. Though. That's the design. Like, I feel like the station design is really cool. It's like mm-hmm. the, the set design really works. It does make it seem like, you know, it gives you that alien feel where you're in a fucking futuristic, cool laboratory. And Yeah, but also stuff that seems real, like operational. Yes. It doesn't look too sleek. Yeah, like it's definitely futuristic. Like they have touch screen, they have like hologram screens and stuff like that. But the suits mm-hmm. are the suits are really cool, and this is definitely like the fucking cool suit up. You know, hoorah, we're gonna go fucking survive. Yeah, and th- and then they go out on their mission, and immediately when they go down the, they suit up. They're going down like this elevator to the ocean floor, and immediately like uh, the guy who was with Kristen Stewart in the beginning, yeah. Um, who like she kind of saves? Uh, he gives some. He gives the captain the better helmet, and he sees like a tiny crack in his. And immediately when they open up, when they like get the when it depressurizes or whatever, uh, he just like fucking blows up. So this was I was gonna ask you about this too because wh- I wasn't sure if and I saw him like notice something in the helmet and then he yes. he handed a helmet to Kristen Stewart. I, it made it seem like he was almost trying to betray Kristen. He was trying to give her the shitty helmet. Yes, they did not make it clear enough, no. and I thought that was going to be the thing where he was like, it was, and that would have been kind of interesting, where yeah. it's like, she saved this guy, and then he, but then he doesn't give a fuck, and he's just going to give her a shittier helmet. Right, but then it backfires on him, and he, he's got the shitty helmet that ends up killing him. Yeah, that would have been interesting to like, yeah, d- delve on that more. Um, yeah, I wasn't sure if I missed it, or I was like, I was like, did I miss where he was like a dick or something? But it's a it's a great death because that that like Ooh, yeah. pressurizing stuff if like that's what freaks me the fuck out the most and it establishes like oh shit like there's no forgiveness down here on the bottom of the ocean oh, floor yeah. you know one little hole and you're gonna just like puff like poof go into a cloud of blood it's uh yeah that stuff which just always has freaked me out in, in like space movies it's pretty fucked up that they kill him first though they kill like the it one. is because he is the black guy. yes i was like okay and i was he he seemed like fairly charming in the beginning so i was like like he's not given he's not like a bad person or anything it's like he seems pretty like neat so it's just like oh i guess like are we going to talk light spoilers in this, or are we going to be, like, spoilers? Comp- uh, just full-out spoilers. Okay. I mean, if, if, pause the podcast if you want to if you wanna go see the movie, you know, but... Uh, so this is where T.J. Miller should have died, So because the, wi- the wisecracking funny guy, he sh- th- that character should never make it very far, I feel like. Die in the middle of a joke? That'd be funny? Yes, I feel like, because I was like, that character wears thin really quickly, and for me it mm-hmm. did. And that's why I was like, if it's going to be, you know, a very generic but pretty well-told story, like, ki- like stay to it and kill that guy first. Yeah, and that would have been a good, uh, yeah, that, and it was about that moment where T.J. Miller's jokes started feeling repetitive. Yeah. So, it was like, they could have kept him for just a tiny bit and then killed him off first, and uh, it would have probably been better, but... They kind of, uh, they make T.J. Miller, like, uh, he's very the big sympathetic. Man, yeah. yeah, he's, it's, it's just, uh, who knows why. He had to eat the moon pie. They had to, to keep him this. so he could eat a moon pie and talk about moon yes. pies. And this is one thing. The references in this are very. <laughs> I wrote down moon pie. <laughs> they're very strange because they make references to a bunch of, it's very referential. So we know it's like set in our time, but and we're at this part now, they, they find a, uh, an escape pod someone took, and it's crashed, and uh, the person is dead inside. Yeah. So this is the first hint of the monsters, and they see, like, there's, like, uh, uh, one of the monster babies, like, gro- like they put their eggs in the people or something. Yeah, they're, like, uh, they're almost, like, little tentacle things. Yeah, cause the, and the monster baby comes at them, they bring it on board their little, uh, like ship they're on they're like on a tram line that goes to like another station or something yeah and uh they take it back in and it looks like an alien baby from alien yeah like it straight up totally does like they i mean first off what expert filmmaking craftsmanship where the big flash gun shoots off and then it transitions right into the baby alien getting thrown onto the white table Yes, yeah. And then uh <laughs> they really loved that in this. They really loved those transitions. And they love to slow things down. Yeah, uh, they re- That's yeah. a William Eubank thing, I guess, is uh 
he like in an action scene with an explosion will be like same with the dude who like, does the Resident Evil movies I can't think of his name uh, Paul W S Paul yeah it's him yeah he loves that um but one thing and because I was talking about the references um why is no one like hey that looks like the baby from Alien when oh, they, yeah, real <laughs> when they yeah. bring it up like you know and and you know these are people who have seen these types of movies so it's weird that they're all looking at this uh alien monster baby without any protection they're leaning their heads into it seriously it's uh yeah it's it that really takes me out of stuff like it's this. like prometheus too where they were just like let's stick our faces in this weird organism exactly and it's like these people should know better <laughs> like, they live in a world where this should be like known you know yeah and that's the thing where it's like it's very unclear who these people are what they mean to the station and that's kind of the issue too is just like like people start you know dropping like most survival horror movies but you're just like i don't know who that was <laughs> really so they just yeah right meaningless deaths really and then, and then we get to, well, T.J. Miller dies. He gets, uh, they have to crawl, they have to go through a tiny underwater passage. Yeah, and, this was a good uh, death, too. Yeah, it was. It was a really good one because, and then it's like the descent where you have to go. It's, it really, really, really works with like a tiny little crack and just having to go in one by one. And that, that is so spooky because you don't know what's on the other side. You don't right. know what's behind you. You don't know if it's all going to fall on you while you're in the middle, you know? So... Uh, T.J. Miller is the last to go through, and the monsters straight up like rip him out of his suit. Like, yeah, you just they see just like pull his legs, yeah. on his helmet. It's it's good. It's good. It's it's similar to him exploding through the pressure, but it's him just getting forcibly ripped through like a small hole, basically. Yes, and and so the and we're just kind of gonna go by the deaths because those are like the markers. Right, yeah, um, I'm like hit beat they're by kind of just walking between. Uh, and the the next one is uh, the captain Vincent Castle dies, and uh, this whole sequence I really didn't like when they're on the murky ocean floor because I know they're trying to like make it like yeah you can't see anything it's creepy but like I could not make heads or tails of like what was going on. Yeah, that was a weird, like, she gets separated from some other friends, and yeah, it really does. She, like, blacks out for a bit, and then wakes up, and you're kind of, it is a really odd, everything to that point was very video gaming, it was, like, checkpoint to checkpoint to checkpoint, and this is where you, it's like, it's like, we missed a checkpoint, and now we have to, like, backtrack or something, and it, that's never fun yeah. to do. And, uh, yeah, and they're just kind of, uh, one of the monsters, like, takes the captain and pulls him up or something, and she's, like, holding on, he's like, you have to let go, or, because, like, the, because of the pressure or whatever, and then, like... And I was like, she's, she's just gonna fall, like, what's gonna, like, it really didn't make sense if that was gonna survive or not. It's really, yeah, uh, it's, it's strange, and I think it's after that, and they get separated, the, uh... The guy from Cloverfield Lane is on low oxygen because yes. his thing broke. So he's so they kind of had to help him along. And the other girl is just freaking out. And I think this is when Kristen Stewart gets separated from them and she gets to that operational station. Yeah, and it's you're kind of like wondering like if they're still alive or not and if this is just going to be, you know, Kristen Stewart's kind of movie. And I yeah, would have been yeah. fine with that. Like it, she was kind of like she she's good actress she could totally carry a lot of that stuff but then i don't know it just fall, like she learns the captain's daughter's dead which was a secret i guess he was ca- keeping from her yeah he she finds like the funeral card in the captain's locker at this uh station where it's like why is all this stuff at this one i guess that makes sense now that why the captain didn't want to go there because that stuff's there but what a selfish fucking reason right like that's that could be a very that viable station but he's like i don't want to go extremely fucked up to be like yeah we could go there but there's like a little thing a picture of i'll my be daughter sad there. if we do yeah right <laughs> oh, and now that you said that, i didn't you i didn't even like think that though no, and that was the reason, but me either that until be, right that's now. That's the fucking reason. Yeah, god damn. That's a weird reason. Yeah, well, an ass. Uh, but Kristen Stewart ends up uh, finding. She sees the the freaked out intern kind of dragging the Cloverfield Lane guy, and she's like talking to herself. And Kristen, and she seems like she's obviously just traumatized, just walking now. And uh, but she's fine after Kristen Stewart talks to her. 
<laughs> she's just like, oh, you're right. Okay, we're cool. <laughs> like, Pep talks yeah, good, right. even though we're getting hounded by these fucking beasts. Um, and and then they do the thing where now now she's, oh, tell me about your dog now. Yeah, let's talk about this. And Right, and she talks about, like, Kristen Stewart through line two is that she has a boyfriend, fiance, something like that, that she's mm-hmm. apparently was in the station, I think, because she kept, like, wondering, like, are there survivors and stuff like that? But that doesn't really ever amount to much. And her jaws, her like kind of jaws backstory is like, yeah, the, like this is why I hate underwater is because my like fiance went out to the sea one yeah. night and just never came back or something. Like, well, you know, that's a weird reason for you to come to this six miles exactly. underneath the ocean floor. Yes, yeah. Um, but so we get to, they finally get to the main like the station where there's escape pods. And, uh, she, she goes in, um, well, there's all the monsters hanging, like, in front of it. They're, like, hibernating in front of the entrance. Right, yeah, this is where they have to, like, slowly walk through because they don't want to wake them up. Yes, and scared intern girl, her oxygen thing goes off. Because wow, she's running yeah. out of oxygen, and it's like, bam, 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 like, and so that's what wakes up the monsters, uh, her and the Cloverfield guy are able to get to the door, but Kirsten Stewart is kind of like, go, get over there! And, like, she faces the monster that wakes up, and this monster beats the shit out of her. Oh, yeah, she gets, like, she gets almost fucking eaten, too. Like, she basically... I, I do not... I don't understand how her fucking helmet doesn't break. Yeah, they're, they're beat-up uniforms. So, first off, too, if we, like, get really, log- like, logistics of it, it's like, why would the suit, if they're already on a telecom system, why would the suit need to make a really loud noise, right? Like... Exactly. It seems yes. like that would be a bad, like a weird decision to just be like, and we put speakers on the out of the suit so it'll just fucking blare. Yes, that's a great point. <laughs> so I was like, well, that has to do that so that it wakes up the monsters. So that's like, I mean, that's like a nitpicky point. And it's like, okay, we have to get the mm-hmm. monsters to wake up, sure, whatever. But yeah, like the suits are kind of iffy, and maybe you know, maybe the dude fucked up and he didn't pick the right suit, and Kristen Stewart's got the good one from that one station, I guess. Yeah. Right. Um. And, but this thing beats, it takes her and it, like, hits her, like, just, like, mashes her into the ocean floor. Right, like hard it's, ground. It is, like, fucking her up, and I'm just like, oh, so the suit is fine? Like, it, it's weird when, like, you spent the whole, yeah, movie being, like, these. it's very fragile, you know? Yeah, that's, like, the tension, uh, right? Uh-huh. And, uh, and you mentioned it starts eating her. And I liked it. I would have loved to see the eating being done to, like, someone else beforehand to where they actually die yeah yeah yeah. like some sort of like a lot of the a lot of the deaths aren't really monster related too much right like the 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 captain is the only one tj millers is kind of as well yeah and and even the captain he he kind of blows up yeah he blows himself up is like a sacrificial thing yeah so it's very interesting that you don't really see the monster deaths in this which is definitely a con for me, because the monster design was pretty interesting, kind of Cthulhu Lovecraftian stuff. Yeah, and I mean, like, he's come out and confirmed that. I don't know if you saw that, but, like, they have, he, like, basically said that at the end, it is Cthulhu. I mean, yeah, he's gotta admit that, because if he didn't, if he was like, no, that's not Cthulhu, I'd be like, bull fucking yeah, shit, that, that looks like clearly. a Cthulhu, like... And because all the monsters, it turns out, like, all the monsters are pretty much sleeping on the back of just this giant... And I love that design, though, of, like... It's cool. They're all, like, living on this giant godlike squid monster that is just enormous. It's uh, going back to the scene. I mean, the ending scene parallels the opening scene where now Kristen Stewart is the daddy long legs. Right, she's, and, the, uh, she's the small organism against this big yes. thing, yeah. It's parallels, but, parallels. But unlike the daddy long leg, she's a human, and she can fight back. Because, <laughs> she's got uh, the will to live, even though she doesn't? <laughs> yeah, she sends uh, yeah. the intern and Cloverfield guy um, into their escape pods, even though she knows hers is busted, and she has to, like, punch the that intern girl in the face. <laughs> it was a good, like, because the intern girl's like, no, I'm not going to let you go. And she just punches her in the face to, like, be like, sorry, uh, but I'm putting you on this right. thing. No, no, ex- like, no, not taking no for an answer. You're going. Yeah, and she, uh, as as she sees on, like, a monitor, the the escape pods are being followed by, like, a hundred of the monsters. So she knows that they're going to catch up to them. First off, I love when, so, like, 
I feel like the moment that she decides that she's going to like let them go is like she's they're dragging him while he's low oxygen and Kristen Stewart's talking to her and she's like, so you really love him, don't you? And she's like, yeah, or something. And Kristen Stewart's response is just, <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what well, I wrote, I was like, love equals that's really cool. And then that's where she's like, okay, you're just fine. I just was I reminded of that. But yes, as you were saying, like the escape pods get chased by the monsters. The equipment in the station has little avatars of the monsters chasing it the pods. Does. It does. They're <laughs> tiny. The thing on the like, it's not dots that you see following. It looks like tiny little monsters. <laughs> like Mon- Merman kind of thing, like the kind yeah, of humanoid. You see, things. you see their flippers and stuff. Yeah, I was like, funny. what? That was very. It's funny. very. Yeah, and now that I I remember that now, and I totally. <laughs> Oh God! It's all coming back. That's to That's why I was like, "Well, we have to. We can't like we can't afford to cut to the pod like being chased by. That's too much CGI. We have to just show the screen right? with the little yeah. avatar. Because <laughs> you do kind of see some of them like go off the like back of the big Cthulhu one upwards. Yeah, so you could kind of assume, but it is. You could have just had dots. They didn't. Have to no, I know, them. like anything, and it's like that would have been totally more uh, like true to life. Yeah, um, that's very funny. But yeah, Kristen Stewart, what does she do? She turns up all the energy levels. Yeah, they of mentioned the, the core, drill. like the thermal core or something earlier in the movie, and that's where it kind of How unstable in. it is, you know? And then so she's like, fuck it, and like turns all the. And what does she say? She's like, it's gonna get lit, bitch, or something. Something really cheesy. It's her her last, like, uh, uh, Ripley line, you know? Right. It's just like, we're gonna light this motherfucker up, or something. <laughs> yeah, like, like, turn up the heat, or something. Yeah, it's... Yes. And she and she does it. She blows it up, she sacrifices herself, and she kills Cthulhu. And then we get the we get the newspaper clippings basically saying that the, yes. the dude and the chick have survived, and there's questions regarding what happened down in the station... And the shady corporation is like, nothing happened. Yeah, ooh, just like There's the government. There's nothing going on. Yeah, the government yeah. would deny it. Which, if there was a sequel, I mean, I would be open to there being a sequel of this, of them being in shallower waters now or something. They just but, move up? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> until, until like, the, like, fourth one, they're, like, in swimming pools and Still stuff. underwater. I also love, too, that uh, the station, the final station they get to where they meet the Cthulhu, the Cthulhu monster, 6.9 miles underneath the water. Oh, very baby. Nice. Very nice. Nice. <laughs> it was uh, William E. Banks' calling card. That is, yeah. If you look, all his movies have something to do with 69. <laughs> and, it's a, It was uh, hard as hell to take notes in this movie, by the way, because it is very dark. It is a dark movie, and like I said, that was my least favorite part. It was when they weren't in the station when they were actually underwater. Because yeah. it's just murky and kind of bland. Yeah, like... like are, like, are we just going to go over sort of a general overview now? Because I was just going to say, like, that's, like, the general overview of, like, what I liked the most about the movie is sort of those transitional scenes where you're, they're still inside, but they're, like, mm-hmm. dealing with shit. Like, when they were in the transportation vehicle or whatever, and it goes off the rail or whatever, I'm like, that's yes. cool. Like, I'll agree with that. Yeah, the malfunctioning equipment stuff yeah. is all very cool. Yeah, that's, that's what I liked the most, and I feel like they did... The set design and everything does work really well. Like, the design aspect works. So, a sequel, I think, could work if they played up more of what we mentioned, where it's like, somebody summoned this. Like, somebody's like, there's fanatics and shit, like Dead Space 2, where they're like, we Honestly, yeah, that. just do Dead Space. Like, I'm fine with that if it's already going to feel like a video game, right. you know? Like, it's like, just go, I'm not going to accuse you of, like, ripping off anything. Just do it, you know? Make it better yeah, there's nothing wrong with taking like a, a fucking solid premise and then just kind of putting your own thing on it like exactly yeah, this is I that mean, sort of movie yeah um but let's see this was written by the people who wrote like insurgent oh and, really uh, like the okay is that the divergent jane, stuff jane yeah jane got a gun and uh let's see tarzan and Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit. So interesting wow. that these two guys came together. This is also the first William Eubank movie he did not write. Oh, interesting. So, yeah, that is very interesting because the other one, this is why I kind of like this one more because I think Eubank wasn't writing for it. And that's why I enjoyed it. That's my problem with most of Ryan Johnson's movies so far. Yeah, yeah, it's a similar thing. If you look at William Eubank, he kind of looks like a more fit Ryan Johnson. Oh, I don't know if I've looked him up. I don't know if I know what he looks like. Yeah, he's one of those guys that wears like those uh, old timey like golf caps. Oh, you know is he? So about? is he trying to be like Sam Raimi and wear suits and shit on set? 
uh, you could you just gotta look up a picture of this guy. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's uh, he's no Kevin movie. Eubanks, the guitarist from Jay Leno's Tonight Show. Ooh, yeah, he he is not that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the budget shake. What? How much do you think this stuff costs? Man, uh, that's I don't think I looked this up. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say like seventy mil. Uh, eighty mil. Eighty. Okay. So you're close. Okay. You're close. I might have um, I might have seen that number before eighty. And as of yet, it's uh, gross. Let me see. Uh, worldwide gross is twenty eight point seven. Oh wow! So did, did has this open in like most major <laughs> markets? Um. Yeah, it actually got a pretty big release. Wow. Okay. Uh, uh, fairly big. I mean, it's it was the only horror movie out. I mean, besides The Grudge, but you know, The Grudge wasn't. This is gonna be a bad month for horror because there's a bunch of really f- fucking shitty looking horror movies coming out. Yeah, I think January is still the dumping ground for those. It seems like. Yeah, because you yeah, had The Grudge, Underwater, The Turning, um, and The Gretel and Hansel. Oh, the, is The Turning with the kid from uh, uh, Stranger Things? Yes, with Finn Wolfhard, and he he plays a little creep. And he, it's very believable because yes. he seems like he's a little creep in real life. Right, he does seem like the weird, like, creepy kid who controls his parents. Yes. So, this movie, big, big flop. But guess what? We're going to get a William Eubank movie later this year. He's got another one? Yep. It's, uh, I just saw this now on the website Mubi. Um, <laughs> the uh, character a, from a, Kevin Smith's movies? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is, yeah, I never, I never realized that, but, um... So it's movie. Uh, it's gonna be called Tautona. Okay. It is an action adventure sci-fi movie, and uh, let me. Does this sound familiar? It's a dangerous rescue operation at the world's deepest gold mine Shut in South Africa. In South Africa, turns into something much bigger when an ancient lost city is discovered. What the fuck? He's like an so underground guy now. Yeah, now he's going to be making the underground monster movies. <laughs> so this one sounds more like The Descent. Like, yeah, that's straight up The Descent. So, yeah, that's what we're working with with Eubank. He, he may just be slotted into the uh, video game survival horror movie that uh, doesn't uh, does not do well now, I guess. He's going to do the next Doom, probably, whenever they, they make another Doom lot, movie. They lost a lot of money on this. Yeah, when it get the Doom cinematic universe. When there's just a video game cinematic universe where it's, like, Doom interacting with, like, Detective Pikachu. And Uncharted, whenever that movie ever sees oh, the light of day. That's never coming out, baby. I know, it's been, like, <laughs> ten years That is so funny. Uh, but, yeah, um, Shake, one last question for you here. Um, what video game, uh, any video game, it doesn't have to be, like, the Dead Spaces, even though I think that'd be great. What video game would you like to see be made into a movie next? Damn, good question. Because most of the like uh, movie or video games suck. I mean, I, you know what? It's very similar to this, and I think it would work well. Bioshock. Oh, yeah, that's great. Yeah, same great setting of the underwater thing, but it would have like deeper themes to it. And I mm-hmm. think I think if it was put in somebody's like capable hands, they could, I mean, it would... It's an interesting world, yeah. Yeah, you could probably even do like another storyline within Bioshock. Show it before it collapses, anything like that, but yeah. yeah and you have, maybe you could even... Um... Maybe Bioshock would even work better as, like, a TV show, because, like, Ooh, yeah. each episode could delve into, because, like, it was almost like every level with that was kind of a new psycho you had to, uh, talk, you right. had to beat, where it's Frank like, yeah, Fontaine, the, pl- all those the guys. plastic surgeon guy, you know, like, who couldn't stop doing plastic surgery on people and everything. So this seems like a task for Damon Lindelof, then? Yes, um, we can only hope he'll be taking over everything in the future. Yeah, every um, episode will be weird and different and very confusing. And saying, yeah, the original creators actually sucked and uh, he knows how to do it. Uh, anyways. <laughs> uh, Shake, thank you for coming on, talking about Underwater. What would you rate this movie out of five? Out of five. So I did start a Letterboxd, and this was the first movie that I rated. And I think uh, I'm sticking with it. Which was, I think it, like, I was going in thinking this would be, like, two and a half out of five. I was like, this is probably mm. just going to be a very standard, nice, whatever movie. And I think it was just a little below that, because I do feel like the characters were just not interesting enough. All of the heavy lifting for this movie was setting, tension from the setting, and, like, the set design really carried that. So I think it's, like, a two out of five for me. 
Yeah, and you know what? I I gave it a three out of five when I walked out because yeah. I am one of those people that it's like I like that. I like the succinctness. I like that it was just like a fit. Yeah, you know, that, yeah, it's fine. It, you know, because if it did, I think if it did expand more, it wouldn't be interesting. Like it wouldn't be done well if it tried doing that. But after this podcast, I, I'm like a, probably in the same boat. Probably two or two and a half out of five. You know, it's uh it's not truly terrible. It's not um, super. Like it's not super boring. It's just like it's just like kind of like you get some annoying aspects to it. Like it, like the ninety minutes does help it and hurt it, but it helps it by being at least moving and doesn't get boring. Exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you again for uh, uh, watching this with me. Yeah. Anytime. Um, it was honestly right now. I'm about to go see Bad Boys for Life, but this was like probably the uh, uh, best 2020 movie I've seen so far. But there's only like three. You've seen so, The Grudge you know. and what else? Like a boss, baby. Yeah, so that's not saying much at all. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think, and that's why I was rating it higher because I had to. I was comparing it to uh, those two and the two William Eubank movies yeah. I've seen already, which are terrible. But um, excited. Uh, maybe Shake will. You'll come back and do uh, Tautona or whatever. Honestly, yeah, called. I'll be the Eubanks guy. I guess I'll be the. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm down to do that. And, uh, Shake, you have a podcast on Buzzcast, too, don't you? I do, fellow Buzzcast member. This is Burn After Noticing that I co-host with Thick Flair, TTV on Twitter. Uh, we're basically watching through the USA Network show Burn Notice. Neither of us had ever seen it to this point. Uh, so if you've never seen the show, like, you're joining just as, like, we are. Uh, and we'll, we'll have to get you on, too, Dr. Foz, to talk about an episode, because... Yeah, it is great, because I have, uh, that was my main worry. I was like, wait, is Shake and Bakey, like, a huge Burn Notice fan? Like, I'm not into the show, <laughs> nope. and then, but it isn't one of those things. So it's not, like, a dedicated, diehard Burn Notice thing. It's, uh, it's a good show. It's fun, yeah, it's fun. We're gonna, there's books of it, and I'm reading one of them, and it's fucking stupid, but we're gonna talk about that. <laughs> All right, thank you again, Shake. Um, and uh, we'll see you next time, everyone. Uh, goodbye. Yeah, have a good one, everybody. Thanks again. Uh-huh.